Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, did you know you don't even have to leave the country to bike down a European-style trail connecting one great city to another? But don't take my word for it. Sebastian Modak is the editor-at-large for Lonely Planet, and he recently wrote about the bike path from Pittsburgh to D.C. It's Monday, September 19th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Sebastian, you recently biked a 335-mile-long journey along the Great Allegheny Passage in the C&O Canal Towpath. I've never even heard of these places because I'm not very outdoorsy. (laughs) But what inspired your trip? So I think the inspiration started uh, in the depths of the pandemic when, like everyone else, I was confined to a small space and really just itching for adventure and travel and all these things that we we really missed um, during the darkest days of the pandemic. And for me, I found that in in biking and cycling. Um, I got really into cycling like so many other people did over the past two years and was looking for ways to travel and push myself and get into nature um, on a bike. And so I went down all these different rabbit holes doing research on what I could do within distance of where I live in New York. Mm -hmm. And eventually I came across this, the fact that there are two trails, the Great Allegheny Passage and the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal towpath, the CNO Canal towpath, that extend between two major American cities. You can go the entire distance without ever really sharing the road with a car. When I found out I could also bring my bike on the train on Amtrak, it all just fell into place. So I was able to ride my bike to Penn Station, put my bike on a train, take the train to Pittsburgh, and then hit the trail from there. And a week later, I was in Washington, D.C. Why did you choose uh, uh, that route from Pittsburgh to D.C.? Um, In terms of choosing that direction, going Pittsburgh to D.C. versus the other way around, uh, I just heard from people that it's just a slightly easier in terms of elevation gain mm-hmm. and, and hills and such. Um, in general, though, the route, the reason also I was interested in it from a storytelling perspective as a travel writer is that it is kind of beginner friendly for people who are just interested in pushing themselves for the first time to do a multi-day bike trip. It's pretty flat the whole way. You don't have to worry about traffic. You're always mostly within a short ride from a town, so you don't have to bring all your food and water and everything with you. You can stop for lunch and hit the trail again, or you can stay at hotels. You know, there's there's something for a lot of different travel styles. Um, yeah. So that's why I was interested in the route. Um, yeah, what what was like the physical path like for you on the, on the do they call it the gap? I don't want to- The gap, exactly. Okay, Nailed okay, it. cool. Yeah, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying, to, trying to be cool, what the cool kids say. Yeah, how yeah, yeah. was the path for you? It's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, they've done a really amazing job of, of maintaining it. It's kind of this crushed limestone trail, so it's pretty smooth the whole way. You don't mm. need a mountain bike or anything crazy to, to do it. Um, the CNO is much rougher. I think the difference is that the Great Allegheny Passage is a rail trail that they keep maintained, and they've done a lot of work on it. It was completed as recently as 2013, I think, so it's pretty fresh and new. Yeah. The CNO towpath, which starts in Cumberland and goes all the way to Washington, D.C., is is maintained by the, natu- the the National Park Service. So it's like, um, it's a historical thing, right? It, there mm-hmm. used to be mules that would go on this path and they would tug barges along the canal. And that's that's why it's called a towpath because they would mm-hmm. tow these boats along the canal that goes along that route. And so there, it's, it's maintained the way it was back then, you know, hundreds yeah. of years ago. So it's 
rough, it's muddy, it's it's rocky. Um, so the gap is smooth sailing compared to that. So if 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 you're someone who's just thinking about doing it and you want something that's maybe a little less challenging, I definitely recommend trying the gap before you do the CNO because the CNO yeah. can be a little more wild, a little more remote. What were some of the sites and places that kind of stuck out to you on your journey? Yeah, so I started in Pittsburgh, like you said. Um, I I actually had a really great time in Pittsburgh, even though I was there for just one night. I The, the train gets in super late. Did you bike any of the hills in Pittsburgh? Like <laughs> a couple of them, to, you know, compared <laughs> yeah. to the trail. How was it? Yeah, yeah. No, I was I was I had no I mean, I have not spent much time in Pittsburgh, so I did not okay. realize this is to anyone from Pittsburgh. They're going to be like, duh. But I did not realize how hilly that city is. Um, yeah. So you you got to be fit. So I'm sure any cyclist from Pittsburgh is going to be like, yeah, no problem. Flat trail for 300 miles. No worries. <laughs> Compared um, to like the 90 degree hills. Yeah, that we had. Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I had a I had a really great time even for one night. I had, I had done some research kind of about the trail and the bike community that's that's built been built around this trail. And mm-hmm. um, I stayed at this place called Traveler's Rest, which is sort of a hostel style guest house um, in the south side in Pittsburgh right like where the trail right along the trail and they they uh-huh. they bring in a lot of tourists who are doing the trail they've got a bike room it's like very bike friendly um and i ended up talking to the owners of that place for hours um just about tourism there so that that was a great start yeah. um and i had to to swing by the bicycle heaven that bicycle museum along uh-huh, the way uh-huh. just yeah. to just to get a taste of that on my way out of town but then in terms of the sites that i saw along the way um, some of the highlights were in Pennsylvania, like Ohio Pile State Park is just stunning. And another thing that I think people don't realize is you can park your bike in the town of Ohio Pile and take a shuttle up to Falling Water, Frank Lloyd Wright's incredible uh, house that he he designed there. How and was so I that? Did that? It's unreal. It's unbelievable. The way I described it in, in, in the article I wrote was that I, I've gotten these feelings of awe before from nature, you know, when you mm-hmm. see a incredible gorge or a waterfall or a sunset, you just get this this overwhelming feeling of awe. I got that from this house. And like, I, I don't usually get that from a human made structure, right? Yeah. Um, so it was definitely pretty moving uh, to have this piece of art that was lived in uh, move you like that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend it. And, and the fact that I could build it into a bike trip too, I think made it extra special. Hey, Pittsburgh. Behind those stately red doors on Bingham Street, the brilliant minds at Pittsburgh's City Theater have a brand new stage show for you. It's a modern revamp of the Shakespearean classic Hamlet. Fat Ham follows a young queer black man named Juicy whose father visits from beyond the grave to demand Juicy avenge his murder. Check it out through March 24th and get your tickets at citytheatercompany.org. Use code CITYCAST, all one word, for $5 off. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What are the benefits, do you feel, of cycling in nature versus, you know, the daily kind of grind in the city? Yeah, I think there is a, there's something to be said to, for traveling 
like 10 to 15 miles per hour all day. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot you can get from walking and hiking, but it's sometimes it's just like a little too slow, right? You can't cover a ton of ground. Yeah. Get into a car and the landscape's just whizzing by you is in a blur. It doesn't really, like it can't even really process it. There's a sweet spot, I think, that that, that cycling hits. And that's why I've, I've fallen in love with it as a, as a way to travel. Because you really do like get to experience the place a lot more. You're more tuned in. You're feeling literally feeling the contours of the ground as you as you ride. Um, it's a conversation starter too, right? You pull into a small town and you've got bags strapped to the back of your bike. The first question someone's going to ask you is, "Where are you coming from and where are you heading?" You know, yeah. And that leads to a whole other conversation. I don't know. There's something very special about it, and I think uh, it for me, it's it's therapeutic. It's it's an exercise in mindfulness because you're able to really zoom in on details that you wouldn't pick up if you were just racing through or that you wouldn't pick up if you were cycling through yeah. a city on a commute, you know. Um, and uh, I think that it's so rare, especially in the U.S. I think you go to Europe, at least parts of Europe, and there's just so much bike infrastructure and people, it's normal to see people traveling by bicycle. Yeah. I don't think it's as popular here in the U.S. And I think to see this piece of infrastructure that crosses, what is it? Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Maryland, the District of Columbia, all in one go. Like that's that's just so special and so rare in this country that I think more people should be taking advantage of it. Yeah, it's a really nice, like more intimate way of traveling and getting to see other parts of this country other than, you know, getting in your car and driving or um flying. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it is. And you've you've really Face. I mean, I, I. it was a tough ride, to be honest. Like, it, it should have been easier. But the mix of not giving myself time to recover from illness, from COVID. I don't think 335 miles should ever be easy. Uh, so <laughs> well, I think... Okay, okay, yeah. So maybe not maybe not easy. But, like, if you did it at your own pace, like, it's it's not, you know, you're not riding across the Rockies. Like, it's flat. It's there's You don't have to bring your own water. There's all these things that do make it on the scale of bike touring routes on the on the more novice side of things or at least on the more chill side of things yeah um but i i had like really tough weather this was may and there was like w one day it'd be like 105 degrees and the next day it'd be pouring rain and freezing and it was it was i had some tough days on the trail but then i don't know i call it type two fun right type type one fun is when something is fun in the moment and fun in retrospect yeah. type two fun is when it sucks in the moment but then like a week later, you're like, wow, that was, I did that. That was, yeah. that was wild. Like, I'm, I'm really proud of myself. And also it's kind of hilarious to think back on me, like, you know, looking like a drowned rat on this trail and the pouring rain and whatever else. So this was, this was definitely type two fun, but um, I don't know. I think, I think, I think there's something to be said for that kind of travel where you just challenge yourself and push yourself a little bit. Is there any advice you would give uh, someone who's looking to take a similar trip, similar journey? Yeah, I would say start small. You don't have to go 335 miles right mm -hmm. off the bat. Um, I started when I started during the pandemic because I, I, I always cycled a bit. But when I started thinking about it as a tool for travel and, and, and things like that, I started with just just overnighters, mm -hmm. you know, where I would pack up my stuff on my bike, ride out somewhere, spend the night and then ride back. And that was it. And that, that, was, that kind of gives you the taste of what it's like without having to go multiple days. And if you are in Pittsburgh, you have the most incredible way to do that, right? Because you could just get right on that trail, right out as far as you want, spend the night at a hotel or even at a campsite, which there are plenty along the gap as well, 
and then ride back. And then maybe next time you do three days. And then maybe from there you take your bike on a train and you go out to Cumberland, Maryland, and you do the whole gap on the way back, which is 150 miles. And then from there, you're like, okay, now I'm going to do the whole gap in CNO. So I think you can start small and you can go up from there. Um, I think another piece of advice, I think there's, there's a lot of, uh, unfortunately, like gatekeeping and an intimidation factor around the, the gear side of it. And like what yeah. you need to be a bike tour, if you're a serious bike tour or whatever, I think that's, that's, you know, you, you got to look past that. You're the best bike for you is the one that you got, the one that you got access to. Mm-hmm. So just take that bike, strap a bag to it and hit the road and, and take it from there. There's plenty of time to collect fancy waterproof bags and things like that along the way, you know. This is inspirational and a new way, I guess, to see this country. I always think about road trips, but I never think about bike trips. And and to is- see your own backyard, you know, I think that's a big part of it. I think for me, too, even in New York City, I, I've, I've discovered so much about what's within biking distance over the yeah. past two years that I never would have done if I hadn't gotten into this hobby in the first place. And I think you all have a beautiful backyard in terms of like the Laurel Highlands and everything that, that mm-hmm. that's out there. I mean, it's really, really pretty and really special. And I think also, also really overlooked by, by people across the country. Sebastian Modak is a Pittsburgh flatterer uh, and editor at large at Lonely Planet. Sebastian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You can read Sebastian's essay about his bike trip at Lonely Planet. We'll drop a link in our show notes. A little news before you go. Ever wonder where exactly the city's money goes? I do. Well, Pittsburgh just launched an online tool that gives residents an inside look at the city budget. It shows how money is divided among different city departments and has videos and animations that help explain our finances. There's also an online form to send feedback or make a budget recommendation. I'm sure that line is going to be hilarious. The idea is to make the city budget more transparent. And the second annual Eradicate Hate Summit starts today at the convention center. It was organized in response to the deadly attack at the Tree of Life Synagogue in 2018. Experts from around the world will gather to discuss topics like the rise of violent extremism among young adults, mostly young men in their early 20s, and the best practices for violence prevention. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a spin around with a friend and leave us a review, leave us some some stars and likes, subscribe to our morning newsletter. We would appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then. started clowning this man in the alleyway i was like yo kids are despicable like why do you keep making them